Grace and peace to you this morning. We're so glad that you're here today. I want to welcome you and especially welcome those who are joining us online. Saw this morning that we have people from uh, Missouri, people from Oklahoma. I know a lot of Sundays we have people from the state of Washington. So it's a, a wonderful blessing that we not only get to share this worship and message with people here, but with people um, all over the United States. You know, it's a it's an amazing thing. Um, you know, I work several weeks on these sermons. Sometimes sermons are planned a year in advance. And uh, often I've had things happen on Sunday where somebody will make a comment or somebody will choose songs that just fit perfectly with the message. And I was thinking about that this morning, some of the comments that Ron made in class, one of the comments that, that April made, just, just fit with what I want to talk about this morning. And we're in the Gospel of John. And so if you do have your Bible, I know uh, Ron's been encouraging us, all of us, to bring our Bibles. I, I know I put the text on the screen, but it's great to have your own Bible uh, with you. You can open it to John chapter 1, and we'll be there in just a minute. But before we get there, I want to talk a little bit about inspiration, because we confess that scripture is inspired. Okay? But, but what do we mean by that? 2 Timothy 3.16 states, all scripture is breathed out by God. So let me ask you this, what do we expect to happen when we come to the Bible? What are we expecting when we hear a sermon or a Bible class from Scripture? And these are important questions. Do we expect to to learn about Jesus? Or do we expect to encounter Jesus? Because those are two different things. Uh, Saying we believe the Bible is inspired means that we're saying that the Bible is different from every other book. We're claiming that this book is special and something unique happens when we open it, read it, and we meditate on it. We can learn about Jesus in a lot of different books. We can learn about Jesus in a history book. We can learn about him in a theology book. And it's good to learn about Jesus. But when we profess that Scripture is inspired... We are claiming that we encounter Christ through His Holy Word. And so when we open the Word of God on Sunday morning or or any other time, we should expect our lives to be changed in some way. And so God is speaking to us through His Word. And, And there's a reason for everything that we find in the Bible. Not just the words but how these words are constructed, uh, when and where we encounter certain statements. And so we must always be asking, what is God saying to me as I read His Word? And our text this week is a perfect example of this. We've been in the Gospel of John for three weeks now. We've been hearing about Jesus and and learning about Him. We've been introduced to John the Baptist who has come to prepare the way for the Messiah. And when we pick up the Gospel of John and we, we begin to read, excitement is building. 
we, we hear all these things about Jesus and, and we're filled with anticipation and finally we get to hear from Jesus himself. And so in chapter 1 and verse 38, he speaks and we read this. The next day John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus and as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him saying this, and they followed Jesus, and Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And so Jesus' first words in the Gospel of John are, What are you seeking? And, and this is no coincidence. This is the inspired word of God. And this question here is not just for those two disciples who were following Jesus that day. It is a question for all of us. It's a question that we are to contemplate as we begin reading this gospel. And so what are you seeking when you pick up the Bible? Are you seeking to prove someone wrong? Are you seeking to confirm what you already believe? Or are you seeking God? You see, what we seek matters. It matters when we come to worship. What are we seeking when we come here on Sunday morning? Are we seeking to look righteous before God and others? Are we seeking to, you know, point out everything that's wrong with the service, everything I didn't like, I didn't like that song, I didn't like that prayer? Or are we seeking to encounter God? Because we will find what we seek for. Some people believe that, you know, if you just preach the truth, then, uh, then people will, will respond accordingly. But this is not always the case. The, the question that Jesus begins with is this one. What are you seeking because if we are not in a posture to receive truth, then it doesn't matter how much truth we're going to hear. You know, I've, I've witnessed uh, people over the years respond to worship service and respond to sermons in very different ways. And, and, and you kind of begin to wonder as a preacher, are, are people hearing the same message? And the message is the same, but you know, how we hear depends on what we're seeking. And we see this in the gospel. Uh, the, the Messiah can be standing right in front of us. But if we're not humble, if we're not seeking God above all else, then we're going to miss him. And many people did. And so this, this question is, is one that we should ask ourselves. It's one that we should meditate on all the time. And, and how we answer it determines so much in our lives. It's relevant to, to everyday situations. You know, if I go to volunteer somewhere to do something good, what am I seeking? And usually when you go to volunteer, there's a group of people and there's someone in charge. And if I'm seeking to be in charge, then I'm going to notice everything that's wrong. I'm going to notice, you know, how I would have done things differently. And I'm going to be frustrated and I'm going to be agitated the whole time while I'm trying to do something good. But what if I go and I'm seeking to help 
or I'm seeking to encourage, or I'm seeking to be like Jesus, I'm not going to care if people do things differently than I would have done them. And I might not even notice because I'm going to be focused on helping people and encouraging others, and I'm going to walk away fulfilled, and I'm going to be eager to volunteer again. And those are two very different experiences, and they all come down to to what we're seeking. So what are you seeking? You know, it's not difficult to figure out. We, We find time for whatever it is we want to do. If, we, if we're into football, then we're not going to miss the football game. If you know, we've made life all about our kids, then their activities, that's what's going to come first. If we love to shop, then we're not going to miss an opportunity to go shopping. What are you seeking? We find money to buy what we want to buy. If we want a new car, new clothes, new phone, new golf clubs, whatever it is, we're going to come up with a way to purchase those things. So what are you seeking? We give our attention to what we believe is important. We're not going to miss the news. We're going to listen to our favorite pundits every day. We're going to keep up with everything that's happening on social media. We're up to date on what's happening in this world. What are you seeking? And and, and this here is the fundamental question of our lives. And and what Jesus asks is not unique, as as is often the case. Uh, The idea of seeking God is is something found throughout the Old Testament. There are multiple passages. Uh, I'll just give you one, Jeremiah 29, 13. God says here, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jesus is just going back to this. You had it in your scriptures Seeking God is what people were supposed to be doing all the time. And and when Jesus asked this question at the beginning of the Gospel of John, we have to remember, he's speaking to Jews. He's speaking to God's people. He's speaking to people who observed the Sabbath, who visited the temple regularly. He's speaking to people who knew Scripture, knew Scripture very well. And they're trying to live by it. And he asked them this question. What are you seeking? And if Jesus were here today, what would he ask? Again, we've already talked about this this morning. He is here. He is present. We have dined with him at his table. And now he's asking all of us, what are you seeking. And we need to think about that. And, you know, he does not ask us this to make us feel guilty or to shame us or anything like that. He asks us this question because it is essential to life and blessing. And if you could do something to make someone have a better life, wouldn't you do it? Because this is what Jesus is doing. He he wants to help us by having us contemplate what we're seeking in life. A lot of times we're just going through life and we're not even thinking about this. He wants us to slow down. He wants us to, to consider this 
question. Because if we do, we're going to be better for it. If we're constantly unsatisfied, then we're not seeking Jesus. If we look around and all we can see is is what is wrong, then, then we don't have our eyes on Jesus. If we're agitated and not at peace, then then Jesus is not at the center of our lives. You know, we can come to church, we can read the Bible, we can try to live by it and still not be seeking Jesus. Because it happened in Jesus' day and it can happen in ours as well. And so we we need to pay attention here to what Jesus is asking. What are we seeking? And I would just encourage you to begin each day with this question. You know, ask it before you open your Bible. Ask it before you come to church. Ask it in whatever situation you're in. It doesn't have to be a religious, what we call a religious situation. This is a question for all times, and it's going to help. And, and it's given to us here at the very beginning of the Gospel of John because it's what we're to meditate on as we read this Gospel. Now, the disciples responded to this question with a question of their own. Here's what happens next. It says, and they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Well, I'm staying, you know, a couple blocks down over here to the right. That's how you're supposed to answer that, aren't you? We get asked this all the time. How does Jesus answer? He said to them, come and you will see. And again, Jesus is having this conversation with with two of his followers, but his words here are intended to extend beyond this meeting. His words are living, and they are an invitation to all of us. And so as we begin this journey through the Gospel of John, we are invited to come and see. And throughout the Gospel, we will encounter multiple witnesses who will invite us to come and see who Jesus is, to come and see what Jesus is doing. And this gospel is evangelistic. It is missional. How do we share the gospel with others? More specifically, how do we share the gospel in a postmodern world filled with skeptics? We need to pay attention to this invitation that's given by Jesus. Because we're not going to argue anyone into the kingdom of God in our day and age. But what we can do is invite people to come and see. Come and see how God is at work among us. Come and see Jesus as we serve the poor. Come and see Jesus as we gather around his table and we share this meal together. And this invitation here is not only for unbelievers. Jesus first gives it to those who would become his disciples. And so it's, it's for those who, who plan on following Jesus, which is all of us. And so we are to come and see. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that we, we give ourselves to the life of Christ. It is an invitation to experience all that Jesus has to offer. We follow him. We we go where he goes. We do what he does. We entrust ourselves to Jesus. We come and see. 
You know, much of the way of Christ has to be experienced rather than understood. It does not make sense. It's not easily explained. What do you mean we're supposed to to love our enemies? Am I really supposed to forgive people who have wronged me? Do you expect me to be at peace in the world that we live in? You know, at first, these instructions and and many more, we could go on and on, they they seem foreign and they go against our natural inclinations. And even as Christians, we sometimes struggle with some of these commands. And and Jesus' invitation is not to understand the rationality behind all of these commands. It's to come and experience them. See how better your life is when you practice forgiveness. See how better off you are when you don't hold grudges. See how peaceful life can be when you don't worry about every headline. And and make Christ the center of your life. And seek Him above everything else and, and just see how your life changes. Psalm 34 and verse 8 states, O taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, we think we know best. We think we know what's going to work. But Jesus invites us to trust him and to follow his ways. Think for a moment about the the work of uh, Jane Goodall and Diane Fossey. They they, they revolutionized how we study primates. And uh, Jane Goodall, she worked with chimpanzees. Diane Fossey here in the picture, she worked with gorillas and later had a, had a movie made about her starring Sigourney Weaver. Uh, but before Goodall and Fossey came along, what researchers would do is they would go out and they would trap an animal in a net or some other device, and then they would bring that animal back to Europe or the United States to study them. And they would place them in a cage and they would just observe the animal. Um, Animals who died or sometimes were killed uh, would be dissected and they would be studied. And you can learn a lot about animals this way and people did for years. But then Jane Goodall and Diane Fossey, they came along and what they did is they went and they lived with the animals. And they developed trust, and they became a part of these animal groups. And they learned so much more by immersing themselves into their environment. You know, we can learn a lot about Jesus by picking up bits and pieces here and there. We can read the Bible for information. We can take what we know and you know make it conform to our way of thinking we can explain away passages that challenge our beliefs we can do all of this and people have done it for years we can even become experts through gathering information without fully committing to it or we can seek jesus with all our heart mind soul, and strength. We can trust Him and we can follow Him wherever 
He leads. We can come and see, we can immerse ourselves. And by doing this, we learn so much more. Our our lives are transformed because we're not just learning, we are encountering Christ. We are experiencing the ways of Jesus. Our our eyes are being opened, our, our ears unclogged, and we're finally seeing and hearing like never before. Don't take my word for it. You don't have to listen to me. Listen to Jesus and heed the words of the Messiah. What are you seeking? Come and see. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning and we thank you for another opportunity to be in your presence, to hear you speak to us through your inspired word. And Father, I just pray that we would take what we've heard this morning and meditate on your words to contemplate what it is that we're seeking in life to come and experience all the blessings that you want for us. We're so grateful for Jesus who comes and who challenges us and who transforms us and who helps us to become like him. That's what we want. That's what we desire is to be like Jesus. And we're grateful that this is possible through the sacrifice that he made on the cross. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. Receive this blessing from the book of Ephesians. May Christ dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. If you're here this morning and and you have a need, if you need to respond to the gospel invitation to put on Christ in baptism, to give your life to Jesus, to start living anew and being transformed into his image, we'd love to help you with that or if we can pray for you or do anything for you at all, won't you come now as we stand and as we sing.